Welcome to the Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesota with the world. Our mission is to advance international understanding and engagement in every corner of the state. We do this with a variety of programs, including our public events, K-12 education programs, Great Decisions discussion groups, and professional exchanges. To learn more, visit our website at globalminnesota.org. This episode is a recording of a public event that took place on December 8, 2022 at the Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Global Minnesota hosted Under Secretary of State for Civilian Security, Democracy, and Human Rights, Uzrizaya, who visited Minnesota to meet with university students seeking foreign service careers and shared her profound insights at a public conversation on democracy, human rights, and U.S. foreign policy. This is Democracy, Human Rights, and U.S. Foreign Policy, a conversation with Undersecretary Uzrizaya. We are so pleased to be able to once again be partnering with Global Minnesota and the Committee on Foreign Relations for this kind of in-person event that we just weren't able to do for so long. We, it gives us the chance to bring together the Humphrey School community and organizations that work across the state of Minnesota on global issues that matter to all of us. In doing so, it helps us advance the mission of the Humphrey School to inspire, educate, and support innovative leaders to advance the common good in a diverse world. And we do that not just through our research and teaching, but also through our ability to welcome all of you here for events like this. And we're particularly pleased to welcome Phil Hansen, the new president of Global Minnesota, to the Humphrey School for the first time, and to congratulate him on his appointment as, uh, as president of Global Minnesota. So without further ado, Phil, Thank you very welcome much. to the Humphrey School. Thank you so much. <clears throat> wow, what a wonderful crowd. It's great to have you all with us this evening. So thank you, Mary. We're delighted to be here at the Humphrey School, partnering with you and the Committee on Foreign Relations Minnesota to bring this important conversation to our community. Um, I want to really start out by saying a special thank you to Hamza Warfa, a great friend of the Global Minnesota. Please stand up, Hamza. Let's give a round of a... He is now a senior advisor with the U.S. State Department for helping us make, you know, make possible this evening's uh, program. So thank you again, Hamza. Um, again, I'm Phil Hansen. I'm the new president of Global Minnesota. I'm all of uh, three weeks on the job, but I come to you after a 30-year career of humanitarian service at the American Red Cross, where I work to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies by supporting international disasters and medical emergencies across the world. I'm thankful for the privilege really to be accepted into this new role, and I look forward to meeting many of you and working with you and, and working with these great partnerships to bring great programming to, to our community. My first three weeks at Global Minnesota have been pretty amazing. I, I got to see firsthand the value of our programs, our, um, our leadership program that we have, our great discussions program, our children's programming. We even had World Quest trivia right outside the door out here. And also, of course, this opportunity we have today with the Undersecretary. It's clear that our distinct programs provide a rich and varied opportunity to connect with others from around the globe, help people serve as citizen diplomats, and gain a better understanding of the world. Global's Minnesota's mission is to advance international understanding and engagement. We help to build connections and relationships and understanding so that uh, so all can be better informed, connected, and stronger citizen diplomats as we engage across the world. Now, I would be uh, a very poor new president if I didn't take one minute to um, say to you that uh, I want to thank, of course, the members of Global Minnesota, but to encourage our non-members to consider joining us as well. 
Uh, for new and uh, renewing members, we can entice you with free tickets to our annual foreign policy update, which is coming up with Tom Hansen on Wednesday, January 25th in the Kaufman Auditorium. Tom is here, so Tom, you want to give a quick wave to the crowd, and let's just uh, say hello to Tom and thank him. We're so fortunate to have Tom's great expertise. Also, your membership and support keep our programs running throughout the state, so please take advantage of this uh, generous year-end matching grant that we've gotten from the Anderlich Memorial Foundation, where you can double your gift uh, this year. One way that support of Global Minnesota helps to expand access to these great programs is on display here this evening. At our gala event in June, Global Minnesota supporters generally answered our fund and need appeal to make our programs more accessible to audiences with special access needs, such as deaf and hearing impaired community members. In fact, one of our ASL interpreters uh, here this evening, Nick Zek, Zapko, attended the gala as a guest of St. Cloud University, and we are delighted to have Nick here again with us this evening to make this a more accessible and inclusive conversation. Thank you, Nick. So thank you again to our supporters who made this possible and to all the great programs available through Global Minnesota. We hope you'll experience them and come and join us. Now let me turn to an introduction of the Undersecretary, Undersecretary Zaya. It's now my great honor to introduce Uzra Zaya, Undersecretary of State for Civilian Security, Democracy, and Human Rights. Um, as I prepared for the event uh, this evening, you can imagine I did some research to understand the Undersecretary a bit better and went on to Twitter and went on to YouTube and other places that we all go. Um, but I was struck by one comment that she made on Twitter, which uh, was at the time of her confirmation, when she said, in my 25 years as a diplomat, I learned that America's greatest strength is the power of our example, our diversity, and our democratic ideals. And I will uphold and defend these values. And I can tell you that, having watched now a number of videos and a number of presentations and press conferences with her, I can say uh, with, some, with some confidence that she has an amazing strength of character. She's a frank and patient person, but she's a frank person on tough questions. She has a deep understanding of the issues and the people behind the issues and what needs to be done to move things forward, a commitment to human rights, democracy, and a deep commitment to our country. Um, she has the persistence and resiliency needed to move things forward, and she does it with great humility. And we're fortunate to have her representing us, um, uh, our country around the world. There was a, a specific um, bio for her that hopefully you got a chance to read, um, but I think uh, with, uh, it, it, it bears uh, repeating because it, it's just such an amazing uh, career life. So I'm going to um, share with you, uh, Azrazea was sworn in as Undersecretary for Civilian Security, Democracy, and Human Rights by Secretary Blinken, July 14, 2001. She leads diplomatic efforts to strengthen democracy, advance universal human rights, support refugees, and humanitarian relief. Undersecretary Zaya brings to these roles over three decades of diplomatic and leadership acumen at the intersection of international peace, security, and human rights. From 2019 to 21, she served as the president and CEO of the Alliance of Peacebuilding, a nonpartisan global network of more than 130 organizations working in more than 180 countries to end conflict by peaceful means. In December of 2021, Secretary Blinken announced her designation to serve concurrently as the U.S. Special Coordinator for Tibetan Issues, for which she leads U.S. efforts to support human rights and meet the humanitarian needs of the Tibetan people. Please join me in welcoming Undersecretary Zaya. Good evening, good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you so much, Phil, for that 
wonderful introduction. Uh, it's truly an honor for me to be with you all tonight on my very first visit to the Twin Cities, but based on uh, the last 12 hours, it certainly will not be my last. <laughs> uh, I can't think of a better place to talk about President Biden's global democratic renewal agenda than right here at the Hubert H. Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Senator Humphrey, a champion of freedom for all, once said that it is not enough to merely defend democracy. To defend it may be to lose it. To extend it is to strengthen it. Now with democracies around the world facing unprecedented challenges, from disinformation to authoritarian overreach, these words ring just as true today as they did when they were first uttered nearly a half century ago. Strengthening democracy globally is central to the Biden administration's foreign policy agenda. Fundamentally, it's at the core of what we stand for as a nation, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our investments in safeguarding democracy around the world are rooted in the fact that democracies for all their imperfections are best placed to meet today's challenges and advance the international rules-based order on which our national security and prosperity depend. Democracies consistently outperform our autocracies in protecting human dignity. They also tend to be more secure, stable, peaceful, healthy, and prosperous, and better partners for the United States. But successful democracies aren't just about what's best for the majority, or who emerges victorious from elections. Representing and empowering all individuals, including women, youth, racial and religious minorities, LGBTQI plus persons, and persons with disabilities, alongside rights-respecting institution and vibrant civil society, are vital to produce governments truly accountable to all their citizens. Today's democracies must deliver for their people. Technology should lift people up rather than suppress them. Trade and economic growth should support workers instead of simply chasing the bottom line. Universal rights must be respected for all and violators must be held to account. Corrupt actors cannot steal from the people and hide their ill-gotten gains abroad, including in our own country. Free and independent media must prevail over state-sponsored disinformation. Now, any one of these challenges is too big for any single country to address alone, which is why democratic renewal is not a solo sport. Democracies must move forward together, recognizing that authoritarian regimes are working overtime to undermine us, repress others, and hide their misdeeds. Perhaps there's no better example than Russian President Vladimir Putin and his brutal predatory regime. By attacking Ukraine, he shredded the UN Charter and its founding principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity. But Ukraine is fighting valiantly to, depend, to defend its people and its independence with unprecedented support from the United States and more than 40 countries around the world. The United States, G7, 
our European allies and other partners are mitigating the cascading global toll of Putin's war of aggression from investing over $4 billion to address global food insecurity to providing nearly $1.6 billion in humanitarian relief to help the more than 14 million Ukrainians forcibly displaced. And while the war is not over, President Putin thus far has failed to achieve his strategic aims. Instead of erasing Ukraine's independence, he strengthened it. Instead of weakening the international order, he brought countries together from every corner of the globe to defend it and jump-started NATO enlargement. His actions exposed the true resiliency of the people of Ukraine and reinforced the imperative for sustained support for the survival of its democracy. Even as President Putin's brutal assault on Ukraine continues, we must remain focused on the most serious long-term challenge to the international order, and that's posed by the People's Republic of China. Specifically, the PRC harbors the intention and increasingly the capacity to reshape the international order in favor of one that tilts the global playing field to its benefit. It has many tools, tactics, and resources at its disposal to meet its objectives. To succeed in this decisive de decade and address China, our administration's approach is to invest, align, and compete. This means investing in ourselves, aligning our efforts with allies and partners, and competing with China to defend our interests and build an affirmative vision for the future. The core of this approach is defending the rights of individuals and sovereign nations as upholding human rights and basic civil liberties go to the heart of who we are as Americans. As our recent national security strategy noted on China and Russia, the most pressing strategic challenge facing our, our vision for a free, open, prosperous, and secure world is from powers that layer authoritarian governance with a revisionist foreign policy. It is their behavior that poses a challenge to international peace and stability. But let me be clear, we want to avoid a world in which competition escalates into rigid blocks. And we are not seeking to remake governments or societies overseas in America's image. Our approach is to support every country, regardless of size or strength, in exercising its freedom to make choices that serve their interests and people. This is a critical difference between our vision, which aims to preserve the autonomy and rights of less powerful states and that of our rivals, which does not. Against this complex and at times daunting global landscape, I'd like to highlight three ways that we're protecting and investing in democracies. First, we're shoring up our traditional alliances and partnerships to advance a shared vision of an international order where sovereignty, territorial integrity, and fundamental freedoms are upheld and respected. U.S. re-election to the UN Human Rights Council this year has been a critical component of this effort. Last spring, members of this council voted to establish an independent commission of inquiry 
into grave human rights abuses committed by Russia and Ukraine, and later to suspend Russian membership for its egregious human rights violations there. And just last month, this body came together to pass a resolution appointing an independent fact-finding mission on Iran's escalating brutality against peaceful protesters and state-sponsored violence against women and girls. U.S. allies and partners have also stepped up in unprecedented ways through coordinated sanctions actions to hold human rights abusers to account, from those responsible for atrocities in Xinjiang to cronies enabling Putin's war on Ukraine. Since last February, the Biden administration has announced sanctions and visa restrictions on over 3,000 Russian and Belarusian officials, proxies, and private individuals. Second, we're broadening the chorus of champions to defend democracy and preserve the rules-based international order. Another way to look at this approach is that we are diversifying who our partners are, and there are some fundamentals here. Most countries strongly disapprove of aggression, coercion, and external interference. And we've seen that in successive UN General Assembly votes, including a vote where over where 143 members of the UN General Assembly from every region condemned Russia's illegal annexation of Ukrainian territory. These countries have no interest in overturning long-standing rules and norms to make the world safe for aggression and repression. So we're creating and growing issue-based coalitions that include all those countries and leverage our collective strengths. Our efforts are not about forcing countries to choose. It's about giving them a choice. At every step, we're consulting with our partners, listening to them, taking their concerns to heart, and building solutions. A great example of this is President Biden's Summit for Democracy, a convening of 100-plus partner governments with civil society and private sector at the table. Summit governments representing both emerging and established democracies from every region of the world made over 750 commitments to build more resilient democracies, combat corruption, and protect and promote human rights. Thus far, this 2022 Summit of Democracy Year of Action has lived up to its name. Over the course of this year, Nepal introduced new legislation punishing rape and acid attacks against women, while Denmark launched a global platform to protect women activists from online hate and harassment. Namibia enshrined new whistleblower protections into law while the Dominican Republic adopted a landmark civil assets forfeiture law that targets corruption that fuels transnational crime. Sweden created a new government agency to combat disinformation, while the United States is, invest is investing billions of dollars for rural broadband that will bridge our digital divide. Meanwhile, our diplomatic engagements continue apace. After welcoming leaders from the Western Hemisphere for the Summit of the Americas, as well as hosting summits this year with Pacific Island and ASEAN leaders, next week, President Biden will bring together nearly 50 heads of state and government at the African Leaders Summit in Washington, D.C. 
This gathering will advance partnerships on global health, food security, and the dividends of democracy and peace, while providing new opportunities to work together to shape emerging technologies and innovations to facilitate inclusive economic growth, adjust energy transition, space collaboration, and digital connectivity. But broadening the chorus is not just about governments. Democracies deliver better results when they engage businesses and labor unions in the effort. Strong partnerships across the globe ensure inclusive economic growth, investment, and prosperity. And Minnesota is an excellent example. There are over 900 foreign-owned businesses in Minnesota, with their owners representing more than 40 countries. These businesses employed over 170,000 Minnesotans and invested $36 billion into the state in 2019 alone. Goods exported from Minnesota in 2020 totaled over $20 billion. Another critical partner in investing, defending, and delivering on democratic ideals and fundamental freedoms is civil society. Non-governmental actors hold policymakers to account, drive reforms, and keep the public informed. Additionally, civil society helps us enrich our communities through people-to-people -people exchange. In 2020, the State Department brought over 1,000 international visitors here to Minnesota and sent 42 Minnesotan scholars and leaders abroad. Third, we're, moderni we're modernizing our foreign policy and assistance toolkit to change how we do business. For example, this year, the State Department created a new bureau, the Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy, to lead and elevate US diplomacy on the ways that digital technologies affect our national and economic security, as well as our democratic values. Also this year, the White House launched implementation of the US strategy to prevent conflict and promote stability, which charts an integrated path towards adaptive, locally-led, evidence-based solutions. In partnership with the US Treasury Department, we launched the new anti-corruption solutions through emerging technologies program to identify and develop tech-focused responses to tackle corruption. Our work must reflect today's challenges, and it must include new partners, new voices, new ideas, and new approaches. Which brings me back to Senator Humphrey who reminded us of our imperative to strengthen democracy globally. And President Biden reiterated this sentiment last year when he said that democracy doesn't happen by accident. We have to defend it, fight for it, strengthen it, renew it. We continue to defend democracy around the world even as we do the work at home perpetually to create a more perfect union. Remember, this American project is not complete. Democracy is always a work in progress. But strengthening it at home only bolsters our leadership and resolve in defending rights and fundamental freedoms around the globe. Thank you for listening to the Global Minnesota Podcast. A special thanks as well to the Humphrey School of Public Affairs and the Committee on Foreign Relations Minnesota for their partnership on this event. 
Be sure to check out our website at globalminnesota.org, where you can find information about upcoming events, learn more about our international programs, and sign up for our weekly newsletters. And as always, thanks as well to all of the members and supporters of Global Minnesota who make these programs possible. We'll talk to you soon.